We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. I'm reading from the message. If you don't have that version, it will be on the screen. If you go ahead and pop that up for me, I would certainly appreciate it. Peter, preaching to the Jews on the day of Pentecost, says these words, Fellow Israelites, listen carefully to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man thoroughly accredited by God to you. The miracles and wonders and signs that God did through him are common knowledge. This Jesus, following the deliberate and well-thought-out plan of God, was betrayed by men who took the law into their own hands, was handed over to you, and you pinned him to the cross and killed him. But verse 24 brings us some hope. Because it says, but God untied the death ropes and raised him up. Death was no match for him. That ought to make somebody happy this morning. That ought to make somebody live in victory today. Verse 25, he said, David saw it all. I saw God before me for all time. Nothing can shake me. He's right by my side. I'm glad from the inside out, ecstatic. And I pitched my tent in the land of hope. I want you to hear that again. I pitched my tent in the land of hope. If you weren't here last week, go to chctoday.com, watch it. You can download the podcast, listen to it, but you need last week's message because last week we chose to pitch our tent in the land of hope. So when trouble's on the way, this is what I know. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to magnify him because I pitched my tent in the land of hope. You know, I really don't appreciate it when God makes me live a sermon before I preach it. I just don't appreciate that. But he did that this week. It was a week that was unbelievable in so many ways. All I did was fight this week. And at about uh, Thursday, I suddenly realized, why don't you do what you're supposed to do instead of what you can do? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Often we revert to what I can do rather than what we're supposed to do. When trouble's on the way, what are we supposed to do? Pitch our tent in the land of hope and give him praise. Give him praise. You may be seated this morning. Last week we talked about the fact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the difference maker between every other religion on the face of the earth and Christ's followers. The resurrection did, in fact, change everything for everyone who chose to follow Jesus Christ. And I mentioned to you, there's something wrong in our Christian lives if the life we live makes sense to those who don't know Jesus. Because when we know Jesus, we live from a different perspective and a different attitude. We live from a different atmosphere. The atmosphere of heaven invades our heart and invades our life, and it changes us and conforms us to the presence and to the perfect will of God. So that's why I declared to you it's time to pitch our tent in the land of hope. Not to trust in man, not to trust in the wisdom of the world, but to put our hope and our trust in the living God who Peter said he untied the death ropes because death could not hold him. And he's alive again. So every aspect of the believer's life should be countercultural. Jesus taught us that to live we must die. 
To gain, we must give. To be free, we become servants. It's absolutely an inverse philosophy to the philosophy of the world. But when we choose to accept that, embrace it, and live in that way, it's amazing what God can do. Amazing what God can do. When we choose to pitch our tent in the land of hope, we believe that problems don't stop, distractions don't stop, difficulties don't stop, but rather in those places, God is before us, God is behind us, God is surrounding us so that we know everything's going to be okay. See, I can say to you this morning, he said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And it's that peace of God that anchors you to the hope of Jesus Christ. That there is nothing I will ever encounter, including death, that will separate me from him. If you don't believe that, read read Romans chapter 8. Paul concludes that thought when he said, but all things work together for good to those who know the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. If you know Jesus Christ, if you've been called into the kingdom of God and you're fulfilling the purposes of God in and over your life, you can take your stand in the land of hope and you can say it doesn't matter what you throw against me. It doesn't matter what I have to walk through. I know it's all gonna work out for my good and for his glory. Come on, pitch your tent in the land of hope. Believe the word of God. Trust in God to see you through. Many times that we we fail to realize that. And then when difficulties come, we revert to what we can do rather than what he can do. Can I tell you the Bible is filled with the examples of what happens when God's people living in the land of hope choose to praise him in difficulty. It's an amazing story. You should read it. It starts in Genesis and goes all the way through Revelation, what God does when his people choose to praise him. So how do we stay in the land of hope? How do we live there when things are against us, when there's more problems than answers, more bills than money, more sickness and disease than there is a cure or a treatment? We do it by giving praise to the living God. By failing to focus on the problem and focusing upon the problem solver. By allowing Jesus to lift our vision and see what he can do in us and through us. It's interesting, if you've never read the Minor Prophets, you should read the book of Zechariah. Because in the book of Zechariah, Zechariah is prophesying after Israel has been released from Babylonian captivity. They're returning to the promised land of Israel. Matter of fact, Zechariah was the grandson of one of the original captives carried away into Babylon. He was born in Babylon. But after 70 years of captivity, he's returned to Jerusalem, to Israel. And he's been there a number of years, and now 12 years later, the temple is still only halfway rebuilt. Only half done. So he begins to write this book to stir up the people of God to finish the job they started. Did you realize that the word Zechariah literally means Yahweh remembers? I'm speaking to somebody in this room today because you've convinced yourself that God has given up on you. You bought the lie of the devil and you said it's never going to happen. I've come to tell you this morning, Yahweh remembers. Yahweh remembers. God never forgets the promise. He has spoken to you, in you, and over you. Yahweh remembers. The prophet is actually telling Israel, Zechariah is actually telling Israel in the scripture I'm about to read, 
that your future blessing is contingent upon your present obedience. Let me say that one more time. Your future blessing hinges, is contingent upon your present obedience. Let me explain that to you and help you to understand it. We know and we understand that God has spoken things in and over our lives. And when he does, it's us, us to stand in faith and see it come to pass. Now we realize God's timetable isn't ours, correct? One day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So his timetable is not like ours. However, Yahweh remembers. He will never forget what is promised to you. He will never fail to honor what is declared for you. He will never fi not, start, not finish what is started in your life. So he's saying to the Israelites, you're not just building a building. You're building your destiny. You're building your destiny. So we read it in this passage of Scripture in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. He said, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare, I will restore double to you. Return to the stronghold. What's the stronghold? It's that truth that is anchored in. It's that Yahweh remembers. It's the fact that God loves and honors and watches over his people. Somebody in this room needs to hear it. Return to what you know. Begin to give him praise and watch what God does in your life. The prophet said, I'm speaking to those who are prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. There are times in our Christian life when that's the best way to describe us. I don't know why I feel the way I do. I don't know why I believe what I believe. I don't know why I continue to serve God, but this much I know, my hope is in the living God who never fails and never disappoints, and I am a prisoner of that hope. I'm letting it take me to where God wants me to be. So when we begin speaking praise into that place of hope, we begin building our future. We begin declaring our destiny. We begin declaring the promise of God and declare that God is able to do what God says he will do. Sometimes we don't feel like it, do we? But if we want to live in that land of hope, we've got to learn to praise him. We've got to learn to worship him. Not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Not just when it comes naturally because of his blessings, but when I have to offer up a sacrifice of praise. When I have to say, God, I don't see it. God, I don't understand it. But God, whether I have an answer or never get an answer, I'm going to give you praise. Why? Because you are worthy. You are worthy. We give him praise. We exalt him. It makes a lasting difference in our life when we choose to give God praise. When we realize through that praise, listen to me, through that praise, the grip our struggle has upon us. The grip our struggle has upon us. The grip our struggle has upon us is broken off as we begin to praise God. That shackle, that chain that has weighted us down and held us back and kept us from living in that land of hope is broken away when we begin to praise God. And here's the good news. It doesn't matter if you're in a sanctuary or a small group or it's just you. Because when you begin to exalt Jesus, oh, God honors that. 
God loves the praises of his people. God longs to hear him say, you're worthy, you're wonderful, you're beautiful. There's no one like you. You are the greatest, you are the mightiest. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You breathe life into me. I give you praise, I give you glory. I worship you, King of kings. I magnify your name, Jesus. He loves it, whether we feel like it or not. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's just natural. Praise just flows. Sometimes we get in the moment and my goodness, you can't stop us. A freight train can't stop us. But there are other times, and I'm telling you, it's a struggle. It's a fight. It's a battle. But if you will battle through praise, God will bring the victory. Because Jehovah remembers. Yahweh Remember, so very quickly, six things I want to share with you about praise that keep us in the land of hope. Number one, praise diverts our attention from ourselves and back to God. You know, we live in a selfie world, right? Yeah, everybody's taking pictures of themselves because they're just so wonderful. We live in a selfie world. We're consumed with us. And as a result, our eyes are off of God and on us. What we know in our heads may not be reflected in our hearts. What we know in our soul may not come out of our mouth. That's why we have to focus our attention on the living God. He desires our eyes be set firmly on him where true hope is found. And I've come to tell you, he's worthy of praise whether you want to give it to him or not. He's worthy of praise whether you want to acknowledge that or not. Jesus said if you don't, the rocks are going to cry out because he is that wonderful. He's worthy of praise. Psalm 152 says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. And Psalm 35, 28 says, and my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praises all day long. Focus our attention on him. Secondly, praise brings humility into our lives. We remember our dependency upon God when we focus on God and begin to acknowledge him as we praise him as creator, as we praise him as king of kings. We admit and recognize we're not in control, he is. And when we can surrender control to God, good things are going to happen every single time. We can read it, Psalm 95, 2 and 3 says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and a great king above all gods. Psalm 35, 18, I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among the people. When we choose to praise him, it reminds us of who he is and who we are. And a spirit of humility then fills our lives. Number three, praise makes the enemy flee. It pushes back the darkness that surrounds us. When trouble's on the way, praise blocks what the devil has intended for you. It causes him to tuck his tail and run. It stops the lies of the devil when you begin praising God. Praise makes the enemy flee. Evil will not stick around. We, know, we need to understand that when we have God moving in our lives and we begin to praise him, he does begin to fight our battles. The story of Jehoshaphat's recorded in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. You can read it there. It tells very clearly that a great army came against Judah. They had no answer for it. Jehoshaphat even says, we have no might of this great company. We can't beat them. We can't defeat them. What are we going to do? 
And God gave instruction. He said, put the choir out in front of you. And you can read it in 2 Chronicles 20, 22. As they begin to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who are invading Judah. And they were defeated as they began to praise. Oh, if you're in the battle today, if you feel surrounded today, if you feel like you have no way out today, it's time to lift a shout of praise because praise puts the enemy to flight. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, sent ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who are invading Judah and they were defeated. Read the rest of that story. It says they left so much spoil on the battleground, it's come three days to carry it all away. Listen to me. What the devil meant for harm, God intends for good. Take a lesson from the story of Joseph of old and understand the devil's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to rob your destiny. But God has said, if you will praise me, I'm going to make your enemies flee. I'm going to bring you to victory in your life. And then number four, praise makes room for God's blessing over our lives. When we begin to praise him, God will not hold back his goodness. When we begin to praise him, it opens a gateway for God's blessings to flow into our lives. What does Psalm 100 verse 4 say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Psalm 103, 1, 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases. Oh, bless the Lord, O my soul, who crowns me with loving kindness and sweet mercy. Can somebody say, I bless the Lord? Because when we begin to bless the Lord, God brings room into our lives for his blessings to flow. Angela, would you come, please? I saw you a moment ago. I don't see you. Right there. Come on over here, Angela. I've asked a couple of people this morning to help me by sharing some personal testimony, what happened when they begin to praise God. When pastor asked me to come up, I'm really not, I'm not comfortable talking in front of an audience. I'll sing but um, and praise, but actually talking. Um, but then I realized that once we come to God, it's not about, no longer about us, but it's about us sharing the love of Christ within us. So I yielded to pastor, to the word, and then I decided to say yes. Um, but for when pastor mentioned, I'll never forget that Sunday, we were um, praise and praising the praise team was up and he were, I think you had prayed for, I can't remember, it was a group of people that came out front and pastor came up um, and also prayed for me. I couldn't hear exactly what he prayed, but I asked him later. Um, but it was, I took it as confirmation from God um, because I hadn't discussed with you, I don't think. I hadn't discussed with him that my husband and I were wanting a child to be pregnant. And we had been married at the time 24 years. Um, but what people don't know, we weren't trying for that long. Uh, we were actively probably trying for a year. So by the time we came here, we had been trying. Um, but when Pastor prayed for me, um, and later we had a conversation because I wanted to talk to get clarification from him. I took it as because we had been standing. My husband and I came in agreement and had been standing when he said the land of hope. Our hope was in God. Um, we took the word 
that we went about the promise. We went into the scriptures and got every word, every scripture, and we stood on those scriptures every single day. We, um, I continue to praise God because I actually brought notes, but I won't need them because I remember um, when Satan, he said, Satan will come against you, can't try to come in my mind and doubt and fear and say that I waited too long and that it wouldn't happen. But then I, the, role, the word rose up in me and I started praising around the house and, and saying um, prayers of thanksgiving. I said, no, but God's word, the natural law says one thing, but God's word supersedes natural law and it prevailed. And I said, I refuse to give up because until his word come to pass. And when God honored that, I took it when pastor came and he confirmed and said, I knew at that time that it would not be long. So with all of that being said, we're, I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. The pregnancy was beautiful. I didn't have any of the challenges that people would come to me and say, well, you're, this is gonna happen. You're gonna have morning sickness. You're gonna get swelling. You're gonna get, every time someone would come to me, I would write that down and I would go and stand in the word with that and said, I refuse to receive that because God's words told me that I don't have to have any of that. And I wore the, my heels until I went into delivery. So, and I didn't have, I had a natural birth delivery without any pain meds, um, beautiful. And I, I actually didn't want, he came a week early and I was disappointed because I was enjoying just having that time um, with him to myself. Um, but it doesn't matter, that was just pregnancy, but like pastor is saying, no matter what you're believing God for, you stand on it. When adversity comes and doubt, you find that word scripture, stand on it, go into thanksgiving and praise, and you, it will come to pass. And I'm so thankful for that. And no matter what the situation is, it will happen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Angela. His name is Caleb. He's the cutest little guy you've ever seen. We're delighted. I remember exactly what I prayed over you, Isaiah 54, 1 through 4, just the Word of God. And it says, sing, O barren one. You'll bear more than the one who's born many. Come on, Tom, sing it out. Listen, this is the way we see God make room for blessings over our lives. Sing it out, Tom. This is how I fight my battles. Yes, this is how I fight my battles. Yes, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you yes, It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you yes, It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you Let me look yes, It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you Cause this is how I fight my battles With praise This is how I fight my battles Cause this is how I fight my battles And this is how I fight my battles Hallelujah, I love that song It's very simple Very direct and straight, straightforward We fight our battles through praise we fight our battles and we recognize it may look to you 
like I'm surrounded, but really I'm surrounded by the living God. The enemy has to flee, and when he does, it opens places for God's blessings to move in and through our lives, to flood us and fill us in a wonderful way. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who crowns my life with good things. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Number five, when we understand the power of praise keeping us in the land of hope, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in His presence. We are strengthened by His peace and by His Holy Spirit. We are fueled by His joy. It's through a heart of praise that we realize God doesn't just change our situations, but more importantly, God changes our hearts. God doesn't just get me out of trouble, He gets him into me. And that's the most important thing in the world. Psalm 1611 says, in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Calvin, would you come this morning, please? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. Psalm 63, three and four says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Hallelujah. Last Sunday after service, I was standing on Main Street. Calvin Ross came and he shared this wonderful, powerful testimony with you. And I said, please, share it with the whole church. Thank you, Pastor. Last week's message really uh, rung true into my heart. And I met Pastor on Main Street and I, I just wanted to let him know that the message that he preached really was my testimony. And I was just rejoicing through the entire message, knowing that the Lord was really confirming some things in me and speaking deeper into my heart, into my spirit. But I shared with the pastor about two months ago, uh, during a time of prayer and devotion, uh, I had a vision. And I suddenly found myself in the vision. I found myself in paradise. And as far as I could see, Uh, There were millions, millions of saints, and they were all bowed down, and they were worshiping. They were were all dressed alike. They were all dressed in an iridescent white, bright white. And off in the distance, I can see they were all turned toward a beautiful, bright, very bright light. And the light was sitting up high, and they were all in that direction and I felt in my spirit it was the Lord they were worshiping God with Jesus seated on the right hand side and I would I had such an overwhelming feeling of the presence of the Holy Spirit that I too fell to my knees and I began to worship and began to just just praise and it was just an awesome feeling and 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 the saint that was kneeling next to me uh, whispered to me and said he's calling you and then he said it again he said he's calling you and I was I would I was so humble and I would I was filled with such reverent fear I was just too um, too besides myself to really just look up and I, I continued to worship and praise but that particular vision 
for weeks have come back to me over and over again. Uh, I didn't have the vision again, but I remembered it, and it was, it was stuck in my heart. And I, every time I remembered the vision, it gave me such a sense of hope and joy. I just, I just knew that the thing that rung very strong in my heart was that this isn't it. It's more to it than this life. And uh, the expectation of what is to come is so far greater than what we're experiencing now. And then um, sometime later, after um, several examinations, uh, medical examinations, and I had a um, concern in my body, they did a biopsy. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I asked the Lord to please give me a good report. Give me a good report from the biopsy. And the doctor called me in and he said, okay, we have the results from the biopsy. And the biopsy shows that you have cancer. And at that moment when he said that, you know, I have always thought that people that when they get the report of cancer that it's going to be a depressing feeling and a sadness and I'd hope that I'd never have to go through that. But instead of that depressing feeling and sadness, it was like the opposite were true. I never felt more alive in my heart and my spirit. And as the vision came back to my heart and my mind that, you know, this, is, this isn't it. There's a far greater uh, joy that God has in store. And, and so I didn't feel as if I was just torn apart by the report of cancer. I knew that my life is in God's hand. And whatever he does, if he heals me, I'm fine with that. In fact, I'm great with that. But if he doesn't heal me, I'm okay too. I mean, whatever he has in store, I'm okay. And I feel, I, I, I don't feel uh, at all bad in any way spiritually. I feel uplifted. And I know that, you know, we are all going through something. If you're a child of God, you're going through a concern. If you're a child of God, you're dealing with issues. We all deal with issues. Jesus said that, you know, in this world, in this life, you will have troubles. You will have troubles. He said, but be of good cheer. Be encouraged. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And I was further encouraged also by uh, the scriptures in Romans 8, uh, 28, where I recognize that if we're a child of God, that nothing happens in our lives without God's permission. And even then, he works it out for our good. And the one scripture that I think comes to me that has been a powerful uh, driving force in my encouragement is the fact that uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says this. It says, look, it said, in, 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 in all our ways, in all, all, all our ways, we should not give up. It says, do not give up. Do not give up. It says, for since it, this body is dying, this body is dying, but our spirit is being renewed day by day. And I was further encouraged as I, as I looked at uh, verse uh, 17, as it, as it talks about, it says that the troubles and the problems that we experience are small and they won't last always. It says, but the glory that it produces far and vastly outweighs the problems that we have and the glory will last forever and ever and ever 
on in eternity. So I praise God for that. And, that, and I truly ask for your prayers. I continue to pray also that God would heal me. But you know what? I'm okay with what brings glory to him. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Calvin. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. God is in control. When we begin to give him praise, it opens the door for his blessings to flow into our life. And last, when we begin to give him praise, it paves the way for God's power to be displayed and for miracles to happen. When we praise God, lives are affected and changed by the Holy Spirit of God. When we praise God, God shakes things up for our goodness and for our glory. When we begin to understand the power that's in praise that keeps us in the land of hope, then it doesn't matter what comes against us, our praise is going to be lifted up. Paul and Silas were in a Philippian jail. They'd been jailed because Paul delivered a little girl from a demon that was in her. He turned around, rebuked it, the demon left. Her masters didn't like that because they suddenly lost money over not having this demonic in their employ. Paul and Silas were arrested. They were thrown into the jail, put in stocks. And the Bible says at midnight, they sang and gave praise unto God. In a very tough time, in a very harsh moment, when it made no sense whatsoever, they began to sing praise unto God. They begin to worship the king. They begin to say, this jail does not contain us. This diagnosis is not who I am. This financial failure is not defining me. I'm going to sing and give praise to God. Oh, somebody, it's time to give praise to God. The Bible says when they sang in praise, an earthquake shook the place. All the doors were thrown open. All the shackles and bonds were released. The jailer thought they all escaped. He was getting ready to kill himself by falling on his sword. And Paul said, sir, don't do that. We're all still here. And then he fell at their feet and said, what must I do to be saved? Because when you praise, God moves and lives are changed. Stand to your feet this morning. It's time to give God some praise. Sing it. He fights my battles. Sing it out. The altar is open. You need something from God. Step out and come right now. Let him fight your battle as you choose to praise him. As you choose to worship him. As you to acknowledge him. Step out and come if you need something from God today. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.